10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5. Welcome to another episode of Am I Allowed to Like Anything? I'm your host, Darian Simone Harvin, and thank you for joining me for another episode. Today we are in a studio, we are in rare form, and this is all because we have a very special episode and I couldn't do it any other way. Um, It's been almost a week since Beyonce dropped her latest project, the visual album Lemonade, and today is April 29th. Lemonade is number one on the UK album charts. It's followed by three Prince albums. There are six tracks currently on the UK top 40 list. It's Hold Up, Formation, Sorry, Six Inch, Don't Hurt Yourself, and Freedom. But beyond the stats, Lemonade has given us something I don't think her fans fully expected. Yes, we knew that it was going to exceed expectations, but was anyone really prepared for the passion, the pain, the symbolism, the victory, and also the hurt that it made us feel and also think about? So today I have with me three guests to really talk about their personal encounters and interpretations of Lemonade. I have Clover Hope with me, who is a staff writer at Jezebel and a sound voice on music, culture, and news. Uh, She's not new to writing or critiquing, and I'm really glad to have her here. Uh, So thank you so much, Clover. Thank you. Uh, So the most recent piece that you've written about Lemonade, super thorough. I really enjoyed how you encompassed it, and we're going to talk more about it. It was for Jezebel, and it was Lemonade is Beyonce's Body and Blood. I also have with me Tajrani. Hi, Taj. Hey, girl. How are you today? <laughs> I'm amazing. I'm, I'm just glad that you're here with me, so thank you. <laughs> uh, Taj is a content producer at Essence Magazine. Uh, she is, in my opinion, an innovative editor and producer and also an on-camera personality. And she's also formerly of BET Digital. Is that okay if holla. I say Holla. Holla. Holla, holla, holla. R.I.P. Um, to my old life. Come out old life, but it's all good. It's all good. And lastly, I have uh, Benet Vieira with me. Hi, Benet. Hey, girl. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? <laughs> Good. <laughs> and Benet, uh, you are a writer who has appeared in Glamour Magazine, Billboard, Teen Vogue, Fusion. And over the past few months, you've you've written cover stories for two different issues of Essence Magazine. So congrats on that. Thank That's you. huge. And the most recent piece that you've written on, Beyonce and Lemonade, has been for Glamour Magazine, How Beyonce's Lemonade Gave Black Women Permission to Be Emotional Without Shame. So we have about an hour, which I know is not enough time, but I think keeping it thorough and to the point is something that we all know how to do because we have busy lives. And so I really want to get right into everything. The first question that I actually have, I want to gear it towards you first, Benet, because I think it was a good sentence to encompass uh, what I think a lot of us as four black women have been feeling. You said in your piece... Lemonade channels that feeling of freedom, giving black women the space to have intense emotions, to be angry and devastated by hurt, and then to heal. It rips off the mask and affirms our feelings are valid and that we are powerful. And I think that for me, when I think about writing a critique or writing an overview of Lemonade, right, how were you really able to come to that conclusion, I think initially for me it wasn't 
so much about that. It was more about the imagery and um, how she kind of uplift and amplify black women. You know, um, we didn't see anyone that wasn't black until the very last song um, where she showed different couples. And I just thought it, it was amazing love letter to black women then after the first initial watch I went back and I listened to the lyrics and I watched the visual again and again and I was like wow this is really about um owning emotions and women triumphing so like the first I think the first few tracks she's going through her emotions of being hurt being angry feeling empathy and then I think it takes a shift on six inch heels where it kind of becomes more about herself and looking inward because on six inch heels is where she's like to me at least how I interpreted it was I'm gonna pour all of this that I'm feeling into my work and then from there we transition into her coming into her own her feelings not being so much about him and the hurt you know obviously if we are to think that art imitates life obviously we don't know but from my interpretation it becomes more than about um herself and 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 what she wants to do and how she is going to channel all of these things into her own greatness and I think that's kind of the takeaway at least for me from the album what about for you both what I guess were even just your initial thoughts or they don't even have to be your initial thoughts but what you know now what you think now about just the visual album in general Oh my gosh! So, which is a loaded question, by the way. <laughs> I really wanted to start with I re- what I really wanted to start with was what was just your initial reaction? But it seemed like such a huge scope and a huge question. But really, that is what I am most curious to know. I was emotional throughout. The, I'm an emotional person, regardless. But I was emotional the entire time, and I couldn't put my finger on what it was. I wasn't sad. I wasn't happy. I wasn't enraged. I felt empowered, but I was like girl, why do you want to cry? The, like, the entire time I wanted to cry. I mean, I dropped the tears when we saw the mother of our slain boys. But for me, my initial reaction was, like, Beyonce just did that shit and shut everybody up. And I've been known to critique Beyonce and her moves and her music and really just go against the grain and, you know, the beehive probably hates me. Um, but with this, it was sort of like Benet said, it was like a love letter to black women and for me, I could really just, at this point, quote-unquote, bow down and be like, thank you. Like, thank you so much because we don't see ourselves in that way from all ages. Like, the youngest baby in the video to the oldest woman in the video. And it was beautiful to see that. And it was beautiful to just see somebody, and not even just Beyonce, Beyonce and everybody in the video or the visual being completely vulnerable, mm-hmm. loving each other. Because as much as it's about whatever we want to think it's about, love between a man and a woman, the relationship that black women have with society, which is what I took it as. Just, you know, society keeps fucking us and we keep loving them and and holding it down and have been since the beginning of time or American history since blacks have been here. But it's also like the big takeaway was this is about sisterhood because without each other, we don't have anything. We really can't survive without each other. So, I mean, I've only watched the visual twice because it's it's a lot. But, um... (laughs) Initially, I was just, I was emotional but full of gratitude and and thankful that someone of that influence, we've been asking, like, you have all this influence, come on, show us something. She did it. Nobody can complain. They are complaining, but um, (laughs) hashtag they are complaining. (laughs) But it's like, I have so much gratitude 
to her for this project because it's never going to go away. Right. Yeah, I what both Benet and Taj said. Watching it, I've I've watched it maybe like ten or more times. <laughs> um, but yeah, watching it like the first time, it was kind of like just awe. Um, I, I watched it with one of my coworkers, like in her living room, and there were like two other writers there, and you know, like they were like screaming and like. You know, oh my God. And I'm like more of a quiet internal <laughs> reaction person. So I like I to was, stand up. Like when I saw yeah. Serena Williams, I just oh, no, le- that legit was, leaped. Yeah. I was kind of like taking it in in awe and just kind of like having my um, personal chills that, <laughs> you know, and kind of just like it, the, so the reaction was like, this is overwhelming. And also just like, you know, there's so much like as far as the images, the, the sounds, the, um, the lyrics, the concepts that we saw ourselves like in Beyonce and that was like the point um you know all these connected tissues kind of um whether it's like you see your relationship with her you see like your experience as a black woman in America through her and then the other women in the video um you know it it was like the first time Beyonce has had that type of like like uh super like important like deep relatability I Mm -hmm. think um that is connected in so many ways to like you know, many issues and themes. And then the images were just, like, amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, they they took time to, like, stop on certain shots or, like, to, like, hold certain shots, like, of, you know, like, Zendaya or, like, the other, um, just so you can, like, appreciate, like, the beauty of it. You know, it wasn't... They really thought about, like, the, you know, the images as a story together. Um, so, yeah, that was, like, my... It was a really emotional process. It <laughs> like was. watching it. it was, yeah. I think that what Taj said like hit the nail on the head. Like I had chills and wanted to cry, but I didn't know why. Mm-hmm. And I even mm-hmm. tweeted, I said, I'm gonna cry before this is all over. <laughs> and I had no idea why, but just you just felt something like in you. And sure enough, that um Michael Brown's mom yep. with the one tear, woo, that did mm-hmm. me in. And then just when it concluded, it was just like, wow. Like, how does she top a surprise album? I didn't think she could. And yeah. not only does she top it, to me, it's probably her best work yet. Mm-hmm. We keep on mentioning this emotion <laughs> that we can't put our finger on, right? And I can totally relate to that because what I've been thinking about all week is I, after watching it and listening to it in my headphones on the subway, even like if I were just to detach it from the the visuals, which is very hard to do, and I don't think you, anyone should ever force themselves to do that, but it was like... I didn't feel sad, in it, but I felt this deep appreciation. And I felt a way that I've never felt about music before, mm-hmm. at least for me. Like, just the gratitude it felt to know that someone was addressing me. Like, I felt like she was addressing me as a black woman. And the way that she did it was not a way that I feel like music has ever been addressed to me before for 25-year-old Darian. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's like, weird and sad because that it hasn't been done in this way before and that that it feels so new to us because she's like speaking to us in this language that we understand but also in this visual language which is really important and which wouldn't have it would be different without social media also you know so it's like all these things um that like create this big moment 
that is very much intentional on Beyonce's part. Right. And I think for me, you know, we all felt empowered after watching it. But something beautiful is watching her empower every woman in there. Mm -hmm. It's like you take these women who have been dragged in media. You take Zendaya. You take um, Amanda Stenberg, who are young and have been dragged. People have dragged Blue, which is (laughs) a shame. Quavangene. Then Serena Williams. And for me, like, the new conversation is... Oh, is, is Beyonce acting like her pimp in the video and over-sexualizing Serena? And for me, when I saw it, I was like, this is Serena's middle finger to everybody. Like, oh, I, I, y'all thought I was a man. I look like a man. I'm not sexy. I can't be this. I can't be that. Let me show you the power that I have, like, overall. And we're going to both sit on this throne next to each other together. It's like you right. have two of the most powerful images of this generation. And... Not to say Beyonce doesn't know what it's like to be down, but it's like to lift Serena up like that, especially after everything she's been through, was like, again, thank you. And it was it was beautiful because it's just like you never see Serena in that way. She might do like an editorial spread or something like that, but it's like she was having fun. She was letting loose. She was in control. Right. Yeah. Chuck and deuces. So like all that. I, I loved it. <laughs> yeah, I rewinded the sorry a lot. <laughs> I like replayed it. So I want to address the elephant in the room in a way just because I know that it's important and it's the theme of cheating Mm -hmm. and who is it and why and I need to know the details and I'm trying to piece all of it together it is the main theme and it's this theme of relationships and healing and love and I actually want to address it from a part of what you wrote Clover in your piece for Jezebel that really hit me in a way where I was like Yes, this is perfect. So you said, topically, whether this is about Jay-Z or Matthew Knowles, whose unfaithfulness to Beyonce's mother, Tina, produced a baby, or curated fiction, using cheating as a narrative thread for an album about black female solidarity is daring and damn near perfect. How did you come to that conclusion? Seriously. the Well, watching it, I think, obviously, the other main or like one of the first things everybody watching it thought about because she immediately starts with you know like the praying that you praying that she catches him whatever um is the cheating angle and it's also great that like the title of the song is pray that pray you catch me yeah which is like it's making it her narrative it's i want you to catch me catching you (laughs) you know um so that all those ideas were like just circling in my head and then just the idea of you know like just america and how we started and just it being this narrative about like being lied to and then carrying that burden kind of you know in your relationship and then in your like just life in general and just how that that weight is on you know black women in the most like profound way on a daily basis so um yeah it was just it was a natural kind of like link just from the yeah from the infidelity angle um and then also I've experienced that so (laughs) right right right. you know I'm interested to know how you both interpret that storyline um or if it meant anything to you to pin that storyline to a specific man in, in her life or in your life so for me personally I didn't take, I I understood the whole romantic angle. I didn't take the project that way just because I've been single for a little bit. So I'm, I'm removed from that moment. So I can see what the storyline is. But for me, like I said, it was more about the relationship black women have with the history of this country, top to bottom, um, 
And I think lyrically to romanticize it in this way, it makes it easy to digest and relate and connect. I didn't once think it was Jay-Z. Um, really? I didn't think it was Jay-Z just because for me it was kind of like she's so, 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 so private. And I'm like, if it is about him and you just dread, you dread, like... Through mud, like he's torn up. Yeah, he's torn way, up. Sorry, I think ahead. it's too personal to not be yeah. about him. I just think that comes from a very deeply personal place. It could be um, inspired by her mom's relationship with her dad. That's what I thought a little bit more closely. Yeah, but I just think, just you know, some of the lyrics, the. Just the theme in its entirety. You lose your seems, wife. <laughs> yeah, it just seems really, really close to home. But I will say for me, it was the least important part of the album, of the visuals. Like, I think it's entertaining to people because she's notoriously private and she's Beyonce. But um, I hate the attention now in the media and the headlines being on infidelity and trying to find out who Becky is. And it's totally, it, like, over the it heads. It undermines yeah. what she just did for black women. Like, we should be still the center mm-hmm. of this conversation. And it's turned into now who Becky <coughs> is. And is it racist to call a white woman Becky? And <laughs> After is that Rachel song. Roy the Becky, you know? And it just really dilutes like the power and impact of the art to me although I do think that it is important for women to share their stories and, and be relatable so I, I love that aspect of it I hate the narrative now you know because it over it over I think there's a space for that don't get me wrong but I think it overlooks like the importance of what we really should be focusing on and that's like how she went and took Warson Shire, who I've loved since 2010, and and had her narrate her poetry narrate this. How she took Black feminist theory and inserted that all in, all up and through. Like mm-hmm. how she went and took um, is it Daughters of the Dust? Yeah. The imagery that like things like that, and how that's now been revived. I read in the New York Times they're gonna mm-hmm. bring that back because wow. of this. Like that's the stuff we should be talking about. So mm-hmm. it's unfortunate now we're like, well, who's Becky, you know, like the hive is attacking Becky. And I'm just like, okay, (laughs) y'all. And I'm actually curious to know, how did you discover Warson Shire? One of my exes is a poet and he's heavy into, you know, poetry and all kinds of poetry. So I think it was a combination of him as well as Dream Hampton. She used to tweet about her all the time. And um, I remember one of my first poems I read of her. Uh, was for women who are difficult to love. And that just, I just related to that on a deep, deep level. And so I went like the obsessive person that I am and read and everything of hers and had people gifting me uh, books of hers. So yeah, I think through Twitter and one of my exes. Okay. And I'm curious to know for both you, Taj and Clover, what were the elements that stuck out the most for you or what aspects stuck out the most for you? The visually? Visually. Oh, visually. Or it could be, it could. It doesn't have to be, it can be symbolically as well. well. I, I thought about the spoken word because just delivering this message in that way, um, you know, because people like, 
make fun of or kind of like they kind of like put spoken word on this like um like oh no he's, he's doing she's Hotel. doing spoken word yeah <laughs> I know some people hate, hate, some people hate so spoken and word <laughs> yeah and some of it is like you know like it can be pretentious or like you know if it's not like um if you don't know what don't you're doing <laughs> but she did it in such a um you know like worse and like kind of just like being the uh, uh you know, the source of that message. Um, and then, like, Beyonce kind of like, being the vessel and, like, the vision. It, like, that stood out to me right away. Because it was like, whoa, she's, like, preaching. <laughs> like, she's preaching and, like, bringing us all into a room, basically, and, like, reciting things that we can relate to. I didn't realize how much the poetry stuck out to me until I realized how much more I quote that mm-hmm. than the actual song lyrics. Wow. And literally when she's delivering the line and she is like her teeth kind of oh my God. Teeth. Yeah. it's like literally, I, I like my soul left That's, my body when I was on my couch. Yeah. I was like, oh girl. But it's like the more I listen to it, because I do watch it on my phone on the train, it's those moments. Those moments and um specifically when she uses the people on the street and that woman is like, when my back's against the wall and the wall's against my back, what do I have left, God? I'm like, I'm in the church of Beyonce right now. Mm-hmm. Like, for real, it's it's literally like soul food. Everything she did visually, the people she speaks to, the voices you hear, the people that you see, it's like, it's going to feed us. It's not going to, mm-hmm. it's not going to stop right. at all. Two elements of it that I think for me, I I haven't read anything on it yet. I also haven't heard anyone speak on it yet, but the use of water and fire mm-hmm. for me is so apparent, and you also mm-hmm. see it throughout her other videos. Um, I, well, first of all, in terms of water, I think that, first of all, we know that she loves the ocean. I was thinking a lot about blue. I was mm-hmm. trying to see, I was also trying to discover what sign, um, well, I did discover blue is a Capricorn, which is not a water sign, it's an earth sign. But Jay-Z is a fire sign, we're both Sagittariuses, mm-hmm. and to always see the fire behind her, and it's intertwined throughout, I thought was really, really interesting. One of the big moments where we really see f- fire and we see the eruption of fire is a scene that's also related to Waiting to Exhale and Hold Up when uh, fire just erupts from behind Beyonce. And that's very much uh, something that is, to me, inspired by Waiting to Exhale. But also thinking about fire and what it destroys and also what that may mean for her, especially since it was intertwined throughout along with water, I thought a lot about that as well. Okay, so as I told you ladies before this, something else that I really wanted to talk about was just the future impact of this project. It's very easy to talk about it now, but I'm interested to know what you hope will be the future of this project, what will be the elements of it that will really stick with us. When I think about a thriller, right, when I think about uh, a Purple Rain, uh, when I think about a Lemonade, I wonder what it will be, what the impact will be, and what I will want the impact to be. I think the impact's going to be different. I think with things like Thriller and Purple Rain, it's accepted. They're not just cult classics. They're, like, international classics. Fans love it. Um, Prince and Michael Jackson were both geniuses. I think Beyonce is a genius, but I think that this project, because it scares so many people, because so many people refuse to relate, and when they can't relate, they don't want to try to learn, it's on us to sort of, like, it's sort of like a family heirloom, like, 
pass it on down. I think that it's something that can be used in schools to teach in sociology classes, um, women's studies classes, African-American studies classes. There's like a Rutgers, like the the business of Beyonce classes. But I think that this is a little bit different because people are scared and she's a woman. Unfortunately, I hate to even have to say that because it's stupid and it's 2016. But um, I think that it is going to be a little bit more on us to make sure that your cousin sees it, your your little sister sees it, that your children see this and know and remember, like, oh, the Beyonce that's getting these Lifetime Achievement Awards, this was the moment for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she has sold out tours and platinum albums and all that stuff is cool, and she's one of the greatest performers to live ever, but this is a moment, and this is a moment you need to see. I actually am curious to know, do you feel like this, have you witnessed this project make people scared? scared to like look at yourself or like look remember the things that made you feel that way um because it is like such an immediate experience like you know think about if you had a dad who cheated um just thinking about that and like how it and having like a realization maybe of how that related to like yeah then then I found a guy who was basically like my dad. (laughs) And then, like, you know, it's scary to have all these realizations. And so, yeah, I do think that... um, And I agree with it being... We have to make sure that Beyonce gets credit for all of this. Like, she was basically the director of, like, her life. And people kind of like to kind of, like, source out or, or, you know, like, point to all the inspirations that she has or, like, you know... Um, not give her credit for, like, writing songs and things like that, which I understand in a way. But, like, if you think about what a director does with a movie, they are not always writing the movie. They are not, like, acting at all in the movie. The director executes the vision. So Beyonce is, like, a director. Right. And the She's also a low-key editor. Yeah, and this Mm -hmm. out, because she's so hands-on. So this album, the, the previous Beyonce album, I think... Like, just giving her that creative, that artistic credit is really important to, like, uh, make sure, like, that legacy kind of lives or whatever. Did you mean scared, though, by people's reaction to it? Yeah, I meant... Yeah, yeah. Well, (laughs) well, no, that's a great point. Absolutely. I just wanted to kind of speak to the other point about people, because Taj mentioned this a little bit, and I feel like maybe it's not so much fear, it's just that... White people can't handle not being censored. And some and this black men haven't been able yeah, to handle yeah, that exactly. too. That's, like, that's yeah. <laughs> and it's unfortunate. Anytime black women are celebrated and we love something and we're joyous and joyful over something, our parade is rained on heavily. And it's it's really, really sad, you know, to to watch. And I think that goes back to what Taj was saying, why we have to be the ones to to make sure Beyonce gets her credit, to make sure we pass this on to our daughters, our nieces, our little sisters, and make sure that, you know, that this is not a moment thing. Because I feel like in the past, I know I've definitely been critical of Beyonce. I didn't see the light until... Four was the shift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait, when, when was the shift for you? Four. Four, Four okay. was the beginning of the shift. Why so? The songs. It was R&B. Um, she was grown, She was giving was mature, some vocals. vocals. It was mature. And I was waiting on the mature Beyonce. Before then, I had always told people, Beyonce makes bird anthems. <laughs> oh, um, my God. Like, I used to say that. <laughs> like, it's like, catchy. Drop down low and hit the flow with. Yeah. Like, pay my bills. Like, <laughs> bootylicious. They were young. Oh, so, they yeah. she gets a pass. But I was waiting on grown-ass <laughs> 
mature Beyonce that has mm-hmm. been through some shit. That's what I was waiting on for was the beginning of that. The surprise album solidified it for me. And this is like, I might even be in a beehive. Like, <laughs> right. I went from straight up, like, I, I don't see what y'all see. Like, what y'all, y'all are taking this too far. Like, how can you be considered Queen B when you don't have a classic album? But we won't talk about that. To now being really like, Okay, y'all. Y'all were right. I see it. I see it. So, yeah, it's important that we make sure this is not just a moment and that it is something that has um, longevity. Yeah, she really flipped the idea of, like, the picture-perfect Beyonce that Kanye rapped about. Somebody, like, just texted me that line or whatever, like, (laughs) picture-perfect Beyonce. And because that was the idea of her before probably, like, four. And, like, you know, before she started talking, singing about, like, her marriage and, like, marriage difficulties and, like, you know, in a way that wasn't just this is an anthem for other people. It was like, no, this is, like, a mirror into my life also, whatever. And I'm also interested to know, have you guys have, have you ladies had conversations about Lemonade with people who are not black? No. Well, yeah, because my coworker is at Jezebel. Right. <laughs> um, and do you feel like the conversation's different? The people that I've spoken to about it who, like, aren't black, they still, like, they love the music. And they, um, you know, like, there's an appreciation for the art. Um, it's just, like, on a different level. <laughs> it's, like, you can tell it's on a different level. Okay. I mean, the, the respect is there. But it's, like, you know, you can't, you can't have this. There's no way they could have the same reaction, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's not their lived experience, yeah. at least for the visuals. Right. I'm trying to think about what I have not covered or something we have not touched on yet. And was there anything, I guess, on the train ride here or that you... (laughs) So I knew that was going to spark it. I was sitting in a meeting with my coworkers on Monday. We were talking about this whole thing, and they're just sort of like, you know, we didn't see Solange or Kelly or Michelle. We saw Tina at the end, and I told them, for me... Watching the entire visual album, all I could think about was Solange. Like, Solange yeah. was in the front of my mind the entire time. Mm. And I was like, I don't need to see her in a physical sense. Yep. But I don't know how many interviews Beyonce needs to do to say, you know, Solange helps me in my confidence. Like, the line from the song last year is sort of like, my sister taught me how to speak my mind. And it's like, with what Solange does with St. Heron and living in New Orleans and stuff like that, it's like... She's there. Like, she's totally and completely present the entire time. And I think that she needs to to be there in a physical sense for us to know that she had to have inspired something in this project. But the the entire time I was looking at Beyonce, I was like, you carrying your sister with you the Mm -hmm. entire—it's crazy to me. 
Mm-hmm. One thing I keep going back to was just how since Lemonade dropped, like, the text that I've had with my <laughs> black girlfriends and, like, the yes. phone calls and the brunches, and it's all been around Lemonade, and it's all been laughs, and it's all been vulnerable and just real. And then, to us uplifting each other in that moment with whatever we have going on. And I think that that will be one of the things that stays with us, you know, like, long after we've stop listening to the album on repeat because I'm sure we're all still there right now. That would be the thing that stays is how you felt in that moment, how it made you feel. And um, that's really, really important. I, I don't know the last time a body of work has resulted in like my girls just texting me and us texting each other to discuss like like long paragraph, bottom. like t- text back and forth. And like one friend wanted to examine well, why give us all that to stay? And then we discuss mm-hmm. that, you know? What do you mean, all that to stay? To why stay give us him? you breaking windows, you telling him you're a god, basically, like, who Would the you fuck rather? you think I is? I yeah. know average bitch boy. To do all of that to get to, mm-hmm. will I stay, if the implication is that he cheated. So then we had to break that down. And I was like, girl, this is a marriage, you know? So just those kinds of conversations and interpretation of the art and then tying it to real life too has just been beautiful mm-hmm. I think that's a really interesting point actually about marriage and also about relationships and what I've been thinking about is what have I learned from this in general what have I learned from Lemonade what have I learned about about who Beyonce is but also like how I want to like handle relationships as well is that weird is it no, like yeah I thought about that it's hard to it's such a in the when Like, every relationship is different, you know? So, like, she stayed, but, you know, Mm -hmm. that doesn't necessarily make me want to... Do the same thing? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, see, Um, I think that's a really interesting point. We talk about loving this entire album, but that doesn't mean I'm going to do what Beyonce's Mm storyline has shown that she's decided to do. I think it's a lot about—there's a black love undertone. So there's a lot about a black woman's forgiveness— on every single level because we love our men. We protect our men. We do almost anything for our men. Like, And you, we learn that from the time that we're kids. Your daddy's supposed to be your protector. You don't, you know, your dad might do something to your mom, but you still love him because he's still there and it's important for us, especially to have dads. But it's sort of like this idea of, of the the black woman that is constantly forgiving. We will forgive you and uplift you, damn near in the same breath. Damn, he did this to me. I have to sit, I gotta talk about it with my girlfriends. I'm gonna come back and your girls will be like, you should leave him, do what you want. And you have to make that decision. And it's a hard one because we don't wanna be alone. Oftentimes we're the most a married group of women ever, any, anywhere. So it's like, these are things that I ended up thinking about. I'm just like, well, I get it. And then it's sort of like, if I leave him, I have to start over again. What what do I do? What can I do? I want someone like him. So it's 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 kind of it's deep. And then there are the ties to, you know, the the mothers of like the black kids who get shot down. And just uh, there are some of them who can be forgiving more forgiving than like I imagine that I would be. But then you don't know until you're in that situation. 
Um, but yeah, like it kind of just like parallels that um, idea that you they can't move on unless they've or they feel like they can't move on unless they have this forgiveness. Um, but that Forgiving might be part of them keeping their sanity. Yeah, and that's how that just kind of like it's just so it's just powerful. I don't know how how I felt like after my friend brought that point to me, like why go through all of these phases and stages to then stay. I know for me personally, I thought about it and I was like, well, I know that I wouldn't stay because I just don't have the personality. Some people are, I don't have a personality that can deal with cheating, but she's Beyonce and he's Jay-Z. So it's, a little bit different to me and they have a child and they're mm-hmm. married. That's the thing too you have to think about like a relationship is very different than a marriage. Yeah. And I think what she wanted to point out was they both had to have a transformation. Like you see Jay in the mm. bed laying at her feet. You 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 know like this is the same dude that was like I'll be forever macking. Like <laughs> he's laying at her feet and I think she showed, too, like, this was more about me transforming, and he had to go through that transformation, too. It wasn't just like, oh, I forgive you. Cool. She talks about she left him. She tore shit up, you know? Like, he was blowing her phone up. She was like, I ain't sorry. She's at the club. Like, she did all these things for herself, and he had to have his own growth for her, you know, to for her to say, okay, I can forgive him and move forward. But she did give him a warning, like, if this happens again. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the whole thing was a warning, like, don't hurt yourself. Yeah. Don't do it again. But I feel like, too, that's not really how men are. That's not realistic. Like, a older black woman told me, like, don't ever put a man out if you're going to let him back in because now you've taught him not to take you serious. So I think it's a fine line between threatening, like, don't do this again and and bring, and bring taking him back because, like, will he really take you serious? I don't know that men operate in that way. It was a big moment just seeing Jay-Z after, there, she's, yeah. after she's, like, you know, had these, like, implications of him and like he's been just like in the shadow throughout the whole album and then it's like oh like he's all right she's she, he's back he's there. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a confusing moment yeah. at least for me I was like all right so what am I supposed to make of this like you know as far as moving forward obviously it's not like a divorce announcement like some people thought like when it started the first out yeah, 40 like so yeah, it was like seeing seeing Jay Z and just seeing him like be humbled um, was pretty big and just it was more like she was like allowing him in her narrative or to stay in her narrative and also like showing that like he had to change too uh, or he had to like you know or fall he, in line quote right. unquote yeah <laughs> right yeah also Benet said something earlier about six inch heels showing how she sort of dove right into her work. That moment for me resonates. It's probably my favorite song on the album right now. It is my favorite song on the album right now. It'll probably be that way for a while. But it's like, what do we do when we're falling apart? We're either crying or throwing ourselves into Mm -hmm. work. Anytime, I'd say probably before last year. Actually, I can even say last year, and Darian knows this on a personal note. Like, I lost two people in my family within a six-month time span. Well, it was three months. At work. Oh, okay. Like, I'll Over see time. Like, I'm at a funeral on Saturday. I'm in work on Monday, and my coworkers are like, 
girl, what? And it's one of those things you have to, like, pull back and you kind of have to be like, how often do we do that? It's not like I don't have friends or family that I could lean on, but it's like, why is that what we turn to? When It's not, oh, let me take a couple days. Let me just take a moment to be by myself. No, let me work myself to the to the bone. She grinds from Monday to Friday, mm-hmm. works from Friday to Sunday. Mm-hmm. For her to not oh, deal yeah. with the emotions. Like, you I, didn't even, I didn't it's, even, it's think, about I think, about, I didn't even think about it as deeply I didn't even think about it like yeah. that. Which is funny. Yeah. And it's just and like, that's what... That's what we do. And on Sorry, where she's like, stop interrupting my grind. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. It's just like one of my favorite parts. Yeah. Yeah. You're interrupting my grind. I love that part. It's like, yeah, my favorite. Yeah, me too. With that, I think we should move into the plus one segment. And I'm really excited about gearing this towards your favorite song on the project. So I know what mine is. And I'm just going to go first because I really want to let y'all talk about (laughs) what yours was. Mine was Don't Hurt Yourself. I feel like I don't always express it. And I feel like if you don't know me one-on-one or if we're not friends, then it's like, oh, Darian is like nice and cute and whatever and like she doesn't really pop off on Twitter and like she's pretty serrat but like if you come for me I will have something to say and I'll say it with the quickness and I'll be concise and I don't think it has anything maybe it does have to do with cockiness I do think a part of it has to do with cockiness but I think another part of it just has to do with respect Mm -hmm. and that is really what I love about this about this song because I think a part of it has to do with respect. I think it it it, it is a threatening way to say it and I absolutely love it. I feel like this has kind of been my mantra since like my senior year of high school. Just like don't <laughs> pause. Like let's you have can't this play res- me. Yeah, you play yourself, right? So, I don't know. I just feel like that's always been a, a mechanism for me. If it's a bad one, I guess I'll let you know coming down the line. But for now, it's just who I am. So what about you, Taj? Um, Six Inch, for sure, is just... And visually, it's visually and sonically for me. I just think that there's something about her. I don't know if she is a drug lord in the video or what, but it's like she's just in a room with women, and all these men are on the streets working. Working what I don't know, but I thought that that was kind of interesting and kind of cool. She looks amazing, and I love the sound, plus I love the content of the song, and um, I also really love Hold Up, because I'm going to get my slow mind to it over the summertime. (laughs) Um, And I also like Don't Hurt Yourself a lot. I like that she has Jack White. Oh, I love it. I love that, but I also love in the visual that she says, what is it? I am not God, or God, I am not, or whatever. Oh, God is God, I am not. Yeah, it flashes quickly, and I'm like, okay, message, and I love that, love God herself. Yeah. Because in my head, God is a black woman. She's not, God isn't anything else but a black woman. But um, those are my top three, but six inches is up there for me. Okay, I love that moment in Don't Hurt Yourself when she's in with the cornrows and, like, just coming to the the camera, and she's just like, she 
flips the fur up or whatever, and then she's it's this slow motion, just like that's like the I got chills in that moment because it was just like all right, this is like angry and fierce, but like composed and like also like just speaking directly to the subject. Um, but my favorite song is "Sorry." Actually, like it's kind of, it's like an anthem, and I know it's like the most singly like song on the album. But um, that together with the visual of Serena and just like I just love the idea of it. Just like I'm not thinking about you in this moment. <laughs> like, like chill. I, like I need a moment to myself, and I'm not sorry about it. You know. Sorry is definitely my favorite. Um, I go between that and love drought. Um, But sorry is, I love them both. And they're both opposite ends of the spectrum. Right. But I replay sorry on repeat. It's just, I think it's very powerful for a woman to say those three words, I ain't sorry. Like for whatever it is, I ain't sorry that I cussed you out because you hurt me. I ain't sorry that I'm enjoying myself right now. I ain't sorry that I'm not thinking about you. Boy, bye. Like I just love it. Like the visuals, like one of my favorite parts is she's standing on a bus and she does that little leg thing (laughs) and like the tribal paint, the um, face paint, the outfits, like Serena, everything about that song is amazing to me. And I think that it's an important part of like, you know, the the grieving process she went through. being apathy in that moment, you don't care, even if it's fleeting. So I just love, love, love that song. Um, yeah. I definitely also came away with a few summer looks. I'm just going to say, <laughs> like, even just her hair. And also another aspect of it, too, is the braids. Mm-hmm. The yeah. cornrows, the braids, all of it. Like, blackness. there was, yeah, it's just yeah, blackness. blackness. Like, And it's very simplistic, but beautiful. Right. Mm-hmm. Even when she, even during Sari and when she's, when she's on the bus, it was like, she went from having cornrows just to having, like, fallout break. Like, just, I'm just like... I need I need to know the coordination behind all of these different types of braids. I couldn't stop thinking about that. I could not stop thinking about that. Oh, I also like Daddy. Um, what is oh, it? Wow. oh yeah, so Daddy lessons. Yeah, I yeah. love country music. So when I heard it, Twitter was like, "I know she don't have me listening." I was like, "Yes, girl, I, like, I, I, I love, I love it. it." I and I like it visually a yeah. lot. Yeah, and that's when you sort of see Matthew come in, which was. It, that may have been like the first moment of like her personal footage we saw, mm-hmm. but um, when he's just like, "What would you say to your grandparents if they could be here?" Mm-hmm. Blah 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 blah. But I, I really like that song. I think that that's the one that pushed the most musically outside of this box that mm-hmm. we know. Everything else it pushes a lot, but that and she's singing, she's yeah, singing. But I really she sounds really good. Mm-hmm. But I really like that, and that's the. Daddy Alabama, Mama Louisiana. That's that mm-hmm. that influence that's there that we don't ever really hear. But I I like that one a lot too. Also, like formation, like Still. hearing it on this album. Sorry, Daddy Lessons formation. Kind of like I kind of repeat the most. I definitely don't skip formation just because it was one of the earlier songs that had essentially come out from Lemonade. I definitely listened to it. When it comes on, I don't skip it. So, mm-hmm. ladies, I want to thank you all. This has been awesome. This has been really great. I want to thank you for your time, for your words, for your vulnerability. And I'm glad that we were able to sit here and really have this conversation. 
So thank Beyonce. Yeah, and thank Beyonce for sure. (laughs) Now, before we go, I want to give another thank you to my guests, Benet Vieira, Tajrani, and Clover Hope. Thank you to Shea Myrick for helping to coordinate this entire episode. Thank you to Jimmy Fontanez of Visionary Media Studio, Raven Verona for photography, and Taryn Finley for video. Remember that you can rate and subscribe to Am I Allowed to Like Anything on iTunes, and always join the conversation using the hashtag AIATLA.